All right, welcome everybody back to another episode, Weapon H, All in One Podcast. Before we even get started, I'm going to make sure everybody hit those subscribe buttons, hit the notifications to make sure you get notified whenever there's a new episode dropping, and the like buttons, and make sure to comment and keep the community going and build up this community strong. All right, today, got a special guest for you. I had a in, nice long NBA career. Didn't know. I mean, I've known this guy for years and didn't even know he was born in Rocky Mount, but I know he grew up in Newark. He always a brick city to the end. Uh, went to Spaz High School, graduated from Seahawk University. He's going to become an NBA first round draft pick at number 15. Played six seasons in the NBA with Milwaukee, Orlando, Vancouver before they changed to Memphis, Utah, and the Clippers. And actually even played in the NBA Finals with the big Shaq guy himself. So, introduce, without further ado, my man, longtime friend, Anthony Avan. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me, Herm. Helicopter Austin. Appreciate <laughs> you. My man. So we're going to jump right in. After, awesome. after getting drafted, you actually went overseas for your first season to play in Italy. That we'll is put that on. And how was the experience going right from college to living in a foreign country? Man, it was a shocker. Um, a shocker on, on two levels. A, I didn't, I didn't pre-anticipate going overseas. I was having some contractual issues with Milwaukee at the time. And um, now that we're no longer amateurs, we're professionals. So I had to make a professional decision. Um, I had to make a decision. Um, based on my career, based based on my bank account, based on my family's future. So I, I figured it was time to um, dad, go over to Europe and go into Italy. And for the first time, I would say um, truly being out of New Jersey. Because I didn't leave. Um, I didn't leave the state for college. So I wasn't just going from North to South Orange, South Orange to maybe Atlanta or Milwaukee. That was the first time leaving the state and going to Italy. So, yeah, it was a shocker, but um, we're athletes. And as athletes, we have that ability to adjust and acclimate to our environment very quickly. So, um I'm happy I did it because I can look back now and um, that is an experience um, that I always had and it allowed me to overcome a fear of the world, um, especially being that young, right out of college, going to Italy. And I went on my own. I didn't bring family and friends. So... That, that helps me to this very day when it comes to um, not being afraid of change, um, making decisions that may be best for me or my family, if that means leaving the country or going to the other side of the country. Uh, it's not a problem for me. Gotcha. Yeah, because I know my first time was definitely a culture shock. Because, again, I, just like you, I went to Kane, so I wasn't that far away from home either then jump over and then I'm in Portugal. So, you know, it, it, it was, like I said, it was a great experience, but it definitely was a culture shock for that first month or so when you had that first phone bill came in and it was like a thousand dollars. I was like, oh, 
<laughs> Gotta slow up. Yeah, man, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I see y'all once on Saturday. I call everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your career was extensive. I mean, you was all you touched on pretty much all the pro leagues, NBA, overseas, mm-hmm. with the Greek powerhouse Panathinaikos, cross BC. Then you was even in CBA with Sweet Fall. And for those that don't know the 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 CBA is basically what the G League would be right now. So that is correct. So what was the experience like being able to experience all these different leagues and then getting back to the NBA doing your thing there? Um, I would I would say um, it's always when you're writing a book or writing a chapter, the way you phrase it, it's always good to be able to answer that in hindsight. Um, being able to really look back on it um, it was the experiences. If I had to write the chapter myself, I may have written it differently. But, you know, the universe is the universe. It guides you where it's going to guide you. And those experiences really um, shaped me into who I am now. Um, having those experiences just made me wiser, made me see the world totally different. Um, had I just been in one city for a long time or just in the States for a long time, my view of things would be totally different. Um, living on the West Coast versus the East Coast, there are there are some nuances that are different. Um, one thing we, we, we in the United States, sometimes we think every state is the same until you really do your homework and realize each state has different laws on which you can and cannot do. Um, so getting that experience um, from a global standpoint, having spent time in Tel Aviv, um, having spent time in Europe, um, the United States, and from a basketball standpoint, being over there and then coming back to the, um, to the U.S., I just internalized things totally different than someone who may have just only played sports here. I got to see how the fans were over there. Um, I got to experience um, a different culture, different food, different customs. Um, it, it was, it, it really just shaped me um, in a different way. And I saw the game outside of basketball, even though I was playing basketball. Right. Because you're living, you're living life at the same time. So coming back over here, it just made me appreciate um, experiences and wanting to be at, in different places to take in that experience. Why I could, you know what I mean? Because, right. um, you know, life kicks in. Right. Yeah, so for me, it's just, you know, having the, having the ability to take advantage of those opportunities, because that's really what they were when I look right. back on it. It was opportunities. Right. And, and a lot of people wouldn't take advantage of the opportunities because people fear change. And that, that holds a lot of people back. Um, that is huge. What the universe may have in store for you. Um, change is... Oh, if you can overcome that, you can do a lot in this world. And and I would say, you know, 
more than anything, it's the inability for people to want to accept change that really holds them back from reaching their potential. That just, uh, it just has a cause for so much other stuff that's going around in the world, just strictly not being able to accept change. Like you have, a, like this, the people were maybe like this at one point in time, but this is not how it is anymore. And it just causes so much that you just can't see past your own beliefs where now you're, everything is closed-minded and you never get a chance for advancement as long as you stay in one place. You can't go anywhere if you stay in the same place all the time. Mm -hmm. That's a way to simplify it. And it all starts in the mind. Yep, absolutely. Yep. The other day I'm watching uh, Unk and Ocho. That's what I hear them jokes is hilarious right now. So I'm watching Unk, Unk and Ocho and they were having a little discussion about how they spend their money. And, you know, they both had contrasting views. Because Ocho was like, I'm, nah, I'm not spending my money. And Shannon, <laughs> he's doing a little bit as far as he's spending. And one thing I noticed about you, you were always on top of it. As far as your money, your finances. Mm -hmm. One of the things I respect is so much. Where did that, was that something that you learned over the years? Or that was just something that you, you, you taught yourself? Um, it was a combination of coming up in an environment, growing up in North, growing up in projects, um, not having, and, and, and then not understanding um, why you may not have versus those who may have. Then going to university um, and seeing those on campus who have and didn't have. And then, you know, going out into the world. And then you, you understand um, the power of currency, the power of money. But you, you're still trying to figure out what really is this? How does this system work? And for me, I was always intrigued with not only how do you get money, but how do you keep it? And I went down the rabbit hole and I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoy learning. That's first of all. Right. Um, and I don't mind um, going places um, to explore, to go deep and figure things out. I get a kick out of that. Some people um, fear learning. If it's, if it's not something they're familiar with, if it's not going to be easy, um, they don't want to get into it. I like complex things trying to figure it out. That's the way I'm wired. So when it comes to growing up in an area where you have people who don't have, and you can see there's an area where people do have, you're trying to figure out why this group of people don't have over here and why do they do have? And how do I get it um, and make life better? And then you start seeing how money influences the influence money has um, in the world on what you can and can't do. Unfortunately, um, that's our system where, you know, the old saying, money talking, BS walks. So you start seeing these things, and I, I really want to understand um, money and doing that, that deep dive. I understood if you want to accumulate wealth, you have to learn how to invest 
you can't be a spender. And if you're going to spend, you got to understand um, where that money must come from that you're spending and how to make that money grow in a way where you're spending um, not principal, but interest at the end of the day. Um, income that's being generated from somewhere else and you're always growing your principal and continue to grow it. And then knowing what is the big um, distiller of wealth, what things really takes wealth away. So I understood very early, I wanted a nice car or cars, but also figured out real early um, that is a, a, a huge wealth stealer, just buying vehicles. So little things like that. And then understanding um, the dynamics of family and how the system work and understanding the more stable you are, um, the better you can build wealth. And part of that stability is your family, your family structure. So I understood very early, I can't run around with 10 different girlfriends and 10 different baby mamas, I'm not going to create wealth that way. Right. But aside from other issues, um, not being able to take care of your family, raise your kid the way you want to raise them. But, you know, you can't grow wealth like that. So all those, all those, I just call them the laws of life, the laws of the universe that you need to obey in order to, um, grow wealth yeah because it's crazy because we you know we pretty much grew up around the same area different size of mm -hmm. Northwood. grew up in the same area same situation and we just were never taught any of that you know they don't teach you no. anything. and you got these kids coming in and the lifestyle that they promote on tv is excess it's excess everything has to be the biggest thing it has to be that it has to be that. Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're spending on things that are not generating you anything it's like basically you lose it and that was one of the things i kind of picked up on as i went along because I, I got examples i had examples of people all around me and i would say oh man this guy went broke because he was doing this and this guy went broke so i was like okay you can enjoy yourself some but like you said have a certain amount where you have set aside for doing certain things but most of the things you want to buy are things that's going to generate you something in cars which is like one of the first thing all of us wanted was probably the worst thing we can buy. Correct. 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 So, so that was like one of the things I would say, like if we were, when I do speak to youngsters, and I know you have three sons coming up, well, mm -hmm. two of them grown and one is on his way, that you'll be able to pretty much give them that advice as far as how to, you know, be able to, take care of themselves because a, a basketball career is in but so long. I remember I heard, I think maybe Steve mm -hmm. Smith one day, he was like, guys have to realize for the most part, this money has to last you for the rest of your life. Because you're not, you know, it's, it's, it, some people do, you got magic who get out the game and become, you know, billionaires. But for the most part, a lot of guys, that money has to last. So it's how you spend it, how you invest it, is where it's going to keep you from having to ever work again if if you or you work with you because you choose to you're absolutely right um that's a tall task Very. <laughs> it's, it's extremely difficult for someone so young to make millions and think you're gonna have it 
30 years later. Because when you're creating that kind of, when you're getting that kind of money without financial education, real financial education, it's impossible to keep it. Everything from taxes to family, especially if you have family who doesn't have the means, who you're trying to um, help as well, the lifestyle, excessive living that's being promoted and advertised. Um, you're no longer in the game, but you still have those same desires. Um, the latest car. Um, you don't like your house no more. Um, you're still supporting family members. All these things. It will deplete that wealth if you understand real wealth and how it's generated to keep it going. And we're not taught that. Most athletes are given or guided towards financial advisors. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty much putting our money in a already in a system that real wealth creators don't really put their money into. Mm -hmm. They really own the systems that we come and invest in. Um, so at the end of the day, you, you feel like you're creating wealth, but at the end of the day, you're in mutual funds, you're in bonds, and you know, you're being taught this is the way to generate wealth, 401k, blah, 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 blah. Um, but you, you damn near got to be 70 years old before you start um, seeing the benefits if. of a system like that, being right. invested in that system for 30, 40, 50 years. And then you start looking at those who truly got wealth. They're not in these systems for 30, 40 years. They're making real money. I do mean real money year after year after year. And then you got to figure out what are they doing. And that's not what we're being, that's not what we're being taught. Because they're not creating their wealth that way. They're business owners. They're real estate owners. They're able to participate in um, IPOs. They're able to get information, more than anything, information and access to things others just don't have access to information to. And then investing in these things before the public gets into it. Mm -hmm. And then they create massive wealth. And then they're leveraging that wealth and they understand how the banking system works. And they're not paying taxes. They're taking out loans based on their, on their positions. And there's no taxes on loans. It's just the interest. They're leveraging that into other income-producing assets and they understand the wealth game and most athletes entertainers we're not taught that part of the game yet we're taught financial advisors instead of business advisors and there's a difference between a financial advisor and a business advisor right. um so the game is still being played. And we always say at the end of the day, you can be a millionaire 
but you're still going to end up giving the money back to the 1%. So even the 10% ends up giving the money back to the 1%. Yep. Find the access. Um, so once, once we understand how to get out of that matrix and understand the system, and it's not going to be taught to you through your traditional um, platforms and houses. Not. You got to seek it out. You really got to seek it out. And if you seek it out, you'll find it because you'll keep digging and the universe will reveal it to you and guide you in all the right places to get the right information. But you do have to seek it out. But that's if you're willing to go past the first few, because anytime you try to find something, the first few is going to be the typical university. You have to keep going, keep going, you have to keep going. And mm -hmm. everything is not debated on the accredited university because they don't teach that. The accredited university, accredited places to learn, they don't teach that. You actually have to go outside and then you take what you learn. Even if you took some of what you learned from the accredited places, you turn from what you learned outside. Now you're making your own decision, but now you're becoming more informed because you're familiar with the, the terminologies, the Absolutely. systems and the schemes. And now you're able to make better decisions, but you can't just depend on one type of way of learning, one way of learning. You have to be able to learn from different sources. And then you form your own judgment from there. Because some stuff is going to be common sense. You're going to see something here that eh, maybe mm -hmm. that doesn't make that much sense. But it does here and bring them together. But no one, again, it goes back to that. No one wants to do the change thing where they see something different from what they learn. And then they automatically just, it's BS. No good. It took, it's taken me a long time to learn whatever the institutions are selling. That's not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Institutions are selling is not what you want. The institutions are controlled by the 1%. And they want you to learn something that's going to benefit them. Absolutely. So you have to go figure out what is the 1% doing and what is it that they know. And that will not be in your universities. universities. That's when you have to keep digging and digging. And you'll know when you crack the code because you'll be enlightened. You will get information that you know this isn't public. You're not going to find this in the university. And you'll start to know, okay, this is that secret information. And then you look at laws. And all you have to do, sometimes you can just look at laws and see what laws say. If the things the law will allow a certain group of people to do and another certain group of people can't do it you already know that's why i always look at the laws i look at things that says you must be an accredited investor the first thing i look at is if i must be an accredited investor that already tells me this is not for me it's for the one percent mm -hmm. so now how do i crack that code and get involved in that because the law is holding me back the law don't want me in this because the laws are set up to protect the 1% who influence those who make the laws. So once you start really digging into these things, you're able to start peeling back the layers and figuring out ways around. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And it's crazy because now, you know, just speaking to you over here, because we always spoke, you know, we spoke about different things, but, you know, as of you know, since we finished playing, we started interacting a lot more because now we're both home. Started mm -hmm. noticing that 
you like me were very interested in truth seeking and finding out the way systems work. And I've been like that since I was a kid, and I got in all kind of trouble, always questioning something. You know, I didn't wasn't like a major troublemaker, but I mean, I got I questioned a lot of whether it was in church or whether it was in school. I was I was getting in trouble. Oh. And, <laughs> and then you know, basketball for a little while kind of almost. I won't say took me away from it, but it did calm a little bit of it because I was focusing on that. So that I started like, okay, then going overseas, it started reopening everything back up again. And for me, it just, it, it again, it just started, now it's overdrive. So now it's like a, a nonstop thing. So what, when, it, when did you start? And what do you say got you started into going down those rabbit holes, like we said? I, w I would say for me, um, <laughs> so let me going to put this. So when, when you're a positive person mm -hmm. and, and you're trying to live a positive life, a clean life, a positive life, and you're not really contaminating um, your body, with things that could contaminate your mind, it's going to allow you to see things a lot clearer anyway. So it's things that could be going on in your neighborhood that you can you can have a foggy mind and see it as the way it should be or the norm, or you can see it and go, nah, we ain't supposed to be living like this. But it depends on how you're living. If, if, if you're living clean and you're not on drugs, alcohol, and you're striving to become something, to do something with your life, anything that goes against it, you're going to all, you're going to instantly see it and recognize it and say, no, 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 no. Got to be a better way. So when I was at Malcolm X Bass High School, at the, my very last class, it was on the fourth floor and I sat near a window that can clearly see the New York City skyline. And one day, it just dawned on me, that's New York City right there. And every day I'm like, what is over there? What is over there? So I always had this wandering mind. Even when I was in the building, I'm always wondering, what's outside the building? I check in the school about 8 o'clock. I get out at 3, 3.30. But my mind wants to know what's going on outside this building. This is a bigger world. And I want to know what's going on in this world. So I want to say um, most of us are, we, not most of us, we're all spiritual beings, energy spiritual beings. And the universe is talking to us all the time. Um, on the signs of awareness but if you're not if your mind is foggy um, you're not going to receive those signals and you're not going to question things things are not going to line up with your spirit with your energy and when things and when thing goes things go against your energy your spirit and your energy you're going to question it and you're going to seek what's true and what feels good to your your spirit, to your energy. Um, that's why you question a lot of things, and that's why you keep seeking till you find the truth. So 
not being caught up in gangs, drugs, all kind of drama that can distract the universe from speaking to you um, is why some people can't advance and why some people are constantly searching and digging for the truth and don't mind going deep into history um, and really digging. And it's not a job, it's actually a joy um, to right. learn mm-hmm. and seek truth. Yeah, and I'd like to tell people all the time, like like to touch on what you're saying, the cloudy mind thing. I used to break it down to them like as far as, it's basically you're playing with a, like the old days when you adjusting your radio, trying to find a station. Mm-hmm. It's not there that day. You you're in a bad area, even with your cell phone. You're in a bad area. You're not picking up the signal. That's how mm-hmm. it is when your mind is foggy and not picking up what's being given to you. Because people will ask, 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 but don't even know what to do to try to receive it. And then when they do receive it, either they don't know what it is or they may not act upon it because they again not knowing what it actually is. Absolutely, and you got it constantly shift your environment to make sure you can receive the message. Um, if your house is out of order, you can't receive the message. Right. If, if the person you're with is, is not aligned right, it's hard to receive the message. Well, yep. You have to make sure you're in an environment um, where, where there is some peace and some quiet so that you can receive the message, process the message, and then put it into action. And it's very hard to do if you're in a stressed environment, whether it's the foods you eat or just the people you're around. And that can very well be your very own family if you don't know how to separate and detach. Yep. Say, no, 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 he or she is not right for me. I need to find something different because, no, this is not how it's supposed to be. Um, I may have seen this growing up, and people see it as normal. Well, no, it's not normal. It's not how it's supposed to be. Um, so I'm going to detach myself from this. And if I got to move over here and change my location, whatever it is you have to do, you have to do it um, to, to, truly ex- to, to truly take advantage of what this life has to offer in the physical you have to do you have to do those necessary things. Otherwise, you're gonna be 70 years old and truly, truly, truly have not really experienced life. And I tell people all the time, if you not if you have not left your state, let alone this country, you haven't experienced life at all. I mean, and I'm not talking about take a trip to Jamaica and stay on a resort all you can eat and bathe in the sun and get back on the plane. I'm talking about go somewhere out of your country and be amongst the people and get to know their ways, customs, religion, um, until you do those things, you're really closed in. Yep. You, you, go back. And to go back on you when you were talking about the wandering when you were in school, I had that for 
ages. I don't know what it was. I can't even go back to really pinpoint. I don't know if it's something I saw on TV or saw a book that I read, but mm -hmm. I've always had this thing about finding out, going back to Egypt, going to Egypt and just finding out a bunch of things. It was just so much that intrigued me about the place. And I was able, able to actually finally do it. But the thing mm -hmm. is, and this was some years back, actually had to go by myself because I couldn't get anybody to go with me. So I became accustomed mm -hmm. to doing things by myself. And I went, I was there for 10 days, man. I had, that was like probably the best trip I've ever had. I've ever been on. Mm. I got to go inside the pyramids before they started having all the regulations. I went inside the pyramids. I was in the queen's chamber. And now I'll watch stuff I see on Forbidden Knowledge or Gaia or whatever channel I'm watching at that time. I see a lot of the stuff that they're going. I was like, geez, I did all that. Because this guy, the guy that I had was real good. And he just took me everywhere. So I was like mm -hmm. all over. I got to go through all the temples. I even went out of the desert to hang out with some people. So when you do things of that nature and then you're coming back here, you get to the point where you almost can't relate to a lot of people. You know, it yeah. Gets, yeah, it gets to the point where you can't relate to them anymore because you've seen so much more than what our environment has produced for us. And You'll never be the same. I want to thank y'all for tuning in for part one of the interview with Anthony Avent. Make sure to check in on Wednesday for part two. Also, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification button so you can be reminded about the episodes when they drop. And I'll see you on Wednesday.